RadioInfluence.com Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves. Well, we are back. The long-awaited, much-anticipated start to the 2017 football season is upon us. At least for the colleges, they've already gotten regular season games underway last weekend, and now a huge... Labor Day weekend of college football, which will lead us right into next week and the first weekend of both college and NFL football. And of course, we are back for Three Dog Thursday for another edition of the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to underdogs in college and pro football. With all that being said, good to be with you. And it's good to have back with me the senior handicapper and writer, from VegasInsider.com, I must have done something right because he's still returning my phone calls, text messages, and agreeing to come on the show. Here's Kevin Rogers. How you been? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, TJ. It's good to be back. It feels like it's been a while since uh, we've done the show, and I know that we wrapped it up in April with the Final Four, but it's good to now have football back. We have college this weekend, and the NFL starts up following weekend so we'll have plenty of games to go over now we should make mention of this for those that do keep track of the show and know this that right around march madness time you and mrs vegas insider uh had a little one how is baby boy rogers at this point what is the uh, what is the status update he is doing well he's almost six months and he hates to sleep so uh but that's perfect. Much energy. That, that's perfect for like late night whack and and Mountain West Conference and whatever Saturday night college football, right? If he doesn't want to sleep. No, when you no, the problem is is that then you have to attend to him, and then you're too tired to stay up to watch Hawaii and Fresno <laughs> State or whoever it is. <laughs> and the thing is, he doesn't scrutinize the same game the way the the the, the same way the game is that you do um, when he's watching the game because he's more entertained by other things. But I understand. So congratulations to you and your wife. Glad baby is doing well. Uh, enough about the uh, the pleasantries and, and the personal lives. We are back to football. We did see some games Last weekend, we have a huge college showdown involving preseason number one Alabama and preseason number three Florida State playing against each other in Atlanta on a neutral site. We'll talk about that some later on in the show. But just as a general thought here, when last we saw the college football season, the Clemson Tigers were hoisting the college football playoff championship trophy with Deshaun Watson and company having come from behind to beat Alabama in the fourth quarter. We uh, we saw, obviously, uh, in that instance, Kevin, the Clemson Tigers avenge a championship loss the year before. Everybody is debating and kicking around the college football playoff and who's going to end up there this year. we got plenty of time, obviously, to discuss that, not only on this show, but in the next few weeks. But I think it's good just to have games back. It's It's now been some eight months since there was a college football game. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you're going to have your cupcakes. Uh, around week one but uh, the good thing is is that with the college football playoff now that you can have Alabama play Florida State in week one 
and you can still see both teams make the college football playoff. And now you don't have that pressure like we had before with the BCS to never play anybody out of conference. You don't want to suffer a loss, and then your season's over with in week one or week two, and you're playing for nothing the final ten games. That's not the case anymore. You can lose early and still be fine, but uh, you do have a couple of good games this weekend. You know, Like you mentioned, Alabama-Florida State, Texas A&M, UCLA on Sunday is another good game. There, you know, you have the BYU LSU game relocated to New Orleans after Hurricane Harvey, as that was supposed to be in Houston. You have a lot of just really good, fun games. Michigan, Florida, yep, yep. another one. And and there, you know, last year we saw it where Oklahoma got shocked by Houston in the opener. You also had that uh, LSU Wisconsin game. Wisconsin ended up winning at Lambeau. That there are just these these games that are very fun to watch, but yet you get the feeling. See, this is why. It, you know, it's a little better than the NFL is that the games are very meaningful. You can lose and your season's not over yet. Where in the NFL, you can lose six times and still be in the playoffs. Obviously, you play more games in the NFL. But with college, it, it just it kind of stunk years ago when, and I know we see this with like Oklahoma's a 47 point favorite and some of these other schools that Auburn's a huge favorite, but they play Clemson next week. That you have. You know, these schools playing cupcakes, everyone does, so we can't blame them. They're going to play good teams eventually, but at least you have that mix of meaningful games that will really make it fun in week one. Yeah, and I agree with that. And and oh, I guess just to go back one more time to Clemson and Alabama having played in the championship game in each of the last two years, they were the favored teams, Kevin, you know this, last year to get back to the title game, and they both made their way there, Clemson winning the ACC, including the title game, Alabama winning the SEC and the title game, played their way into the title game by winning semifinal games. Ohio State uh, was really roadkill. Clemson shutting them out, blowing them out in the Fiesta Bowl. Meanwhile, Alabama handled their business in the Peach Bowl with Washington. Is it fair to say as we go into this college season right now, yeah, Alabama's got a one in front of uh, in front of their name, but I don't know that I rubber stamp them in the college football playoff or in the championship game, or can you just as a a thought on them, rubber stamp them. I, I, I like the fact that this year, I mean, Deshaun Watson is gone, and how does that affect Clemson? I think you might even see four different teams in this year's playoff. No Alabama, no Clemson, no Washington, no Ohio State for this year. It's possible. I mean, we have uh, we have an article running this weekend on Vegas Insider about the four playoff teams and, and all of our handicappers providing the predictions, and I, and I compiled them. A lot of people at Alabama. Uh, they had actually, I think, 13 of our handicappers had them winning the championship. A wow. lot had Ohio State going to the Final Four. Also, Florida State was in there, but not as much to win the championship, just to make the, the four. Also, USC. Yep. With a lot the of love, Sam a lot of love for USC. Year. I agree. A lot of love for USC, yes. And, and then you have uh, the Big 12. You know, Some took Oklahoma. Some took Oklahoma State. And uh, Penn State's another team that, that's getting a little bit of love. And, and there are some that are going back to the well with Clemson, thinking that Clemson can return once again. But th- the problem is we don't really know who that surprise team is going to be. I mean, is it going to be a team like a Louisville? I mean, I can't call them a surprise, and they have the Heisman Trophy winner on their team. But Louisville played well last year before stumbling towards the end. I mean, you do have those teams in the power conferences, but – you know, where you're at in Tampa's USF, they have a very good chance to run the table this year. They struggled with San Jose State early, but they came back and won. 
They don't really play anybody that great in the American this year. They don't have any tough non-conference games. So could USF sneak in, potentially go 12-0 and in the regular season, win the American championship to go 13-0 and and hope everyone else has a loss? Maybe they get in. So you never know who it's going to be, but I think probably three of the four will be teams that we're used to seeing. Yeah, well, it's interesting, though, like USC, for example, uh, a year ago, blasted in the opening game with Alabama, remember, at Jerry's World at Arlington AT&T Stadium. They went on to lose three games early on in the year, but they were arguably, at least offensively, maybe the best team in college football the last month or so of the season. And then that uh, spectacular offensive score fest in the, in the Rose Bowl game with Penn State that they won. So there's a team that improved as the year went on. The problem for them is they lost too many games. They didn't just lose one. They lost three of them. But, I mean, if, if Florida State were to rise up, beat Alabama, and win, if USC does their thing and wins, if we get a Big 12 team uh, into the playoff again this year, which there wasn't one last year, that's three right there to go along with, let's say, Alabama. And that's, that's not even including uh, what happens if Michigan gets their act together or Ohio State ends up coming back. Now, if Ohio State comes back, that's a team that was in the playoff last year. I just I think three of the four and maybe all four would be different this year. I just don't know that Alabama is a given. We'll uh, we'll see. There there is going to be a year where they lose a couple of times, and and maybe don't get in. Maybe that year, Kevin is twenty twenty seven. I don't know, but there there is going to be a year when that uh, when that could happen. All right, so let's refresh for the fans that are out there that are now part of this on Three Dog Thursday, or maybe you're hearing us for the first time on uh, on Radio Influence, on iTunes, and Stitcher, and Google Play, and Tune In, and everywhere that you can hear this show uh, via Three Dog Thursday and RadioInfluence.com. What we do is predict underdogs. And in this case, again, we only have the college slate for this weekend. We'll start getting into college and NFL games in combination starting next week. Each of us have the same task. Come up with three underdogs simply to cover against the spread here and come up with some reasoning why. I always love when I put the buffet in front of you first, where you might head first. And a a word to the fans that are out there that are maybe new to the program Kevin doesn't always go with the Alabamas, the Penn States, the Texases, the USC's, the matchups, the Michigans, the Floridas, the Florida States, the Ohio States, the Oklahomas. It sometimes is a team or a couple of teams that's off the beaten path. So uh, with all that being said, you get to kick things off on Three Dog Thursday for 2017 with the first prediction of the year. Which way are you going, Kevin Rogers, and why? By the way, before we get to that, just to say why I do why, why I do what I do, that what's the difference? You're making the same amount of money if you're betting on Florida State yep. or if you're betting on Akron. That you make the same amount regardless if you win. Now you lose the same amount if you lose, but what's the difference? Yeah, That's the way I look at it. And you have repeatedly preached that you are looking for certain spots, certain situations. I adhere to this too, where you just like a certain team for whatever reason. And the idea is to try to get as many of these right as possible. And it doesn't doesn't have to be Crimson Tide, Nittany Lions, Gators, Wolverines, Sooners, Trojans, all the time. We'll see how it goes. All right, so with all that disclaimer out of the way, where do you want to begin? All right, we'll start with Friday night with a game that I know you'll be DVRing probably, <laughs> is uh, Charlotte and Eastern Michigan. Woo! I understand a lot of people don't even know that Charlotte has a football program right now. But like any time we've done this show, TJ, we have reasons why. Charlotte's getting two touchdowns at Eastern Michigan. And you say, 
why are you choosing this game? A couple reasons. Number one, Charlotte's actually made a couple inroads the last few years. They won two games two years ago when they first started, when they got into Conference USA. Last year, 4-8. and eight. I know it's not great, but still a two-win improvement. Now, two losses they had last year were by one point each. They had three wins as double-digit dogs inside the conference, beating FAU, Marshall, and Southern Miss, all getting double digits. Now they're in a double-digit spot against a match school in Eastern Michigan. Now, Eastern Michigan blew out Charlotte last year, 37-19, and they were short favorites. Now, all of a sudden, they're laying two touchdowns at home. Eastern Michigan is a team that was a doormat for years in college football. They actually won seven games last season, which is a major, major improvement for them, but also... They were a team that had won seven games, I think, in the previous four seasons combined. So now all of a sudden, you know, you're, 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 you're fat and happy by winning seven games, and all of a sudden you're a two-touchdown favorite. For Charlotte, obviously, they're not a national championship team. They're obviously not a team that's going to win Conference USA even. They're just trying to get better. And they remembered what happened last year, getting blown out by Eastern Michigan, that they're going to have this game circled early on, and I think that they will hang around with Eastern Michigan and cover the 14. How about that? That's a Conference USA team, kids, that he's going with early on in Three Dog Thursday for the first prediction of the year for a Saturday game this weekend. Again, each one of us will come up with three of these underdogs. Um, and So I will go next here for Three Dog Thursday, again, sticking with uh, the theme of maybe lesser-known teams. Do you know the Arkansas State Red Wolves? Now, I am old enough uh, to remember having gone to what is now the University of Memphis. When I was there in the day, it was Memphis State University. We would traditionally play Arkansas State, Kevin, in Jonesboro or in Memphis every year in football and in basketball. There was always an annual matchup of both it seemed like and i remember when arkansas state they they used to be called the indians but now we're so politically correct that indians is apparently even offensive uh now in the culture that we're in so a few years ago they became the red wolves well the sunbelt red wolves of arkansas state uh really look they played well at, at the end of last season they have some momentum coming into this 2017 campaign off of a bowl win over ucf Played well down the stretch of the year, and uh, Arkansas State will open at Nebraska, a, a team that in opening games has sometimes, not every time, but sometimes had some problems, had some difficulty. I think that Arkansas State getting a lot of points here in this game, getting a couple of touchdowns, can hang right with, I believe it's 16 and a half actually that they are getting. I think they can hang with Nebraska in an opening game. And Kevin, just as a general comment, I mean, we saw last week where USF, speaking of them, went all the way out to the West Coast against a bad San Jose State team and fell behind 16 to nothing. They were not sharp. They got a punt blocked. They fell behind. First games can be a weird thing. And I think Nebraska may have some trouble here with Arkansas State and Lincoln and that the Red Wolves may not win this game, but they can stay close enough getting the 16 and a half points. So I will take Arkansas State in a Saturday gale, in a Saturday tilt at Lincoln at Memorial Stadium to at least keep it close. The quarterback uh, Justin Hansen can play. He had a great cure bowl in that win over UCF and threw for a bunch of yards last season. So I got Arkansas State against Nebraska for an So you go you yeah, go Ar- Conference USA. I see your Conference USA, and I raise you Sun Belt for our first two predictions of the year, sir. Well, for Arkansas. A tough start for them going to Nebraska, and then they host Miami actually in week two. 
the Hurricanes go to Arkansas State, which is a very weird game for them. This is the second straight year they're playing a Sun Belt team on the road. They played Appalachian State last year and beat them. But uh, for Arkansas State, they're a team that's not afraid to play big name schools. And again, you know, I hate to play the the mentality game of you're up for the game, you're not up for the game. But you got to believe that if you're, you know, you're not like a, a two win team that's gonna that's gonna get slaughtered. You know, if it's you know you're a forty point underdog, you got no shot. But you know, you're within fourteen, seventeen points. You know, you have a shot. You know, I'm not saying that they're gonna win outright, but uh, you better believe that Arkansas State would uh, you know be ready for this game where Nebraska home opener. You feel like there's distractions. You don't really have as much distractions when you're on the road. You don't feel that because you don't have those other things to worry about. So I can see where Arkansas State can catch that one. Now, for Mike Riley, his team blowout winners in the two opening games last year with Fresno State and Wyoming at the beginning of the year. Uh, but, I mean, they've had a couple of games. They lost to BYU on the Hail Mary in the opening game in Lincoln in 2015. Uh, they, had, they destroyed Florida Atlantic in the opener in 2014 at home, but they almost lost to McNeese State. They were losing the whole game, came back to win in the final seconds as a 33-point favorite. I know it's three years ago. It's different players. It's even a different coaching staff. But they have been, at times, a bit of a mystery in in beginning games. So, again, I'll go Arkansas State in that matchup. Again, it is Three Dog Thursday. We are each charged with three underdogs. In this case, it's all college football in this instance. So, Kevin, you need to give me a second underdog for this weekend. Whom do you like, and where are you going next? Well, I went against a Mac school to begin now i'm going to take a max school against a powerhouse and take 27 points with western michigan going to the coliseum to play usc now we talked about the trojans and how well they played to close last year with sam darnold who's expected to be the number one pick in the draft to the jets coming up next year and also to maybe win the heisman so the expectations are very high at usc which they should be you know they're, they're a very good team but a couple things here. Number one, this line feels very inflated to me because of what USC did. A lot of people remember the Rose Bowl coming back and beating Penn State, dropping 52 on them in that game. Don't forget, USC last year, they did not, they were not listed as a favorite of 17 and a half. Now they're laying 27. And this Western Michigan team, granted their head coach, PJ Fleck, who built them up, is at Minnesota now. They lost their quarterback, Zach Terrell. They lost their receiver, Corey Davis, to the NFL, to the Titans in the top 10. So they lost some key pieces, there's no doubt about it. But P.J. Fleck did a great job recruiting, and he still has plenty of good players there at Western Michigan, a Mac school. They were 13-0 last year before losing to Wisconsin. They hung around the Cotton Bowl in that game. They had given them four touchdowns where everyone said this team, is, this team isn't what they were, new coaches, new quarterback. Where USC, next week, they have their Pac-12 opener. Guess who they play? Stanford. Mm. And that's a big game at home. That's a revenge game from last year. You mentioned USC had three losses early. One of those was to Stanford. So it's a big game, Pac-12 opener. This is just kind of a, let's get through this. This is our first game of the season. It's just way too many points to lay, I think, with USC, especially against a team that won 13 games last year. That uh, Western Michigan, i got to take the points with them. Well, and Sam Darnold at quarterback, weapons all over the place. Clay Hilton doing a great job after many questioned him about being given the permanent head coaching job. 
uh, when they elected to do so, when the whole Steve Sarkeesian thing went sideways, he became the interim coach. They gave him the permanent job last year. They end up having a great finish to the year, including winning the Rose Bowl. We'll see about USC in, in that matchup. And you mentioned P.J. Fleck. It's been fascinating to watch him at Minnesota, and they're getting ready to get the season underway at Minnesota and to see what he can do. It was a, it was a magical year. Row the boat. At, uh, at Western Michigan for the Broncos of Kalamazoo, traveling all the way out west to the land of Troy in that matchup on Saturday. We have still got more to come on Three Dog Thursday. Kevin, hang in there when we get back more underdog selections uh, from both of us. Uh, which one of us is going to go uh, back to Conference USA in an upcoming underdog? Uh, also, one of us really likes an SEC team, but it may not be who you think. And of course, we've got to talk about, even if neither one of us are going to take Florida State as an underdog, we've got to take talk uh, Florida State and Alabama in the upcoming showdown Saturday night in Atlanta of one Alabama versus three Florida State preseason hype galore for that game. All of that is upcoming Stay with us as we continue on Three Dog Thursday. We'll be right back. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Yeah, we are back in with the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to underdogs. 2017 is back. It just feels right to be here with Kevin Rogers of VegasInsider.com, senior handicapper and writer. You see him all over the site. We always appreciate him being here, giving us some wisdom, some insight, some knowledge. We'll let him tell you more about Vegas Insider here in a little bit. As we do come back in, the full buffet. Hey, uh, let the audience in on this. The audience that's hearing us, whether it's RadioInfluence.com or subscribing on iTunes and Stitcher and uh, TuneIn and Google Play, uh, wherever that audience is hearing us. By the way, if you are subscribing, rate this show so that others can find out about it. Move us up in the rankings of the show. Uh, Tell everybody how great Three Dog Thursday is. Share it out. Uh, through iTunes, through Stitcher, so that other people can find out about Three Dog Thursday. But clue the audience in on a typical Saturday, in particular, when there's so many college football games. How many screens do you have where you're watching the games, uh, Kevin, when you've got little uh, little Rogers there with you uh, watching and trying to tend to him? Do we have three screens? Do we have seven? Do we have 23 screens? What's the, uh, what's the deal with, with how many screens we have going at once? Well, I'm not Bill Steele. I don't have 12 screens <laughs> in an office somewhere. But, no, I just have the one big screen, and that's it. And, uh, you know, I follow everything online. I think that uh, that's very helpful. And even if you're on Twitter, if you follow a lot of the, the beat writers or, you know, whoever, that at least they clue you in on what is going on in these games. And then, you know, you look back at the boxes, and, uh, you know, look, it's it's very hard on a – college football Saturday with everything going on to pay attention to, to seven games at once. And I understand the NFL, you have on a Sunday, you have like seven or eight games at one o'clock, right. but it's kind of different because I mean, the NFL, it's like these guys have been there for so long that like you kind of know them already very well or college. It feels like you have so much turnover every three, every few years that you got to, you got to pay a little more attention to that as opposed to the NFL where you, know, you kind of got an idea and you can honestly like watch the red zone in the NFL and really be caught up on everything. Well, and uh, I will say in my house, it's, it's usually about a three-screen maximum where we have 
t- big screen going TV, have a computer monitor going, and then maybe have a device, have a phone, have an iPad or something else with another game just to uh, keep track because sometimes games get slow. They get boring. In particular, they start doing the reviews, things like that, uh, that take forever. So it's good to tool around and dial around. All right, so you have made two underdog predictions, again, going with the Charlotte 49ers and the Western Michigan Broncos. Charlotte, 14 points against Eastern Michigan. Western Michigan getting 27 at the Coliseum against USC. I elected to go Arkansas State getting 16 and a half in a matchup at Nebraska on Saturday night. Uh, Okay, so that means I need to give another underdog here as part of Three Dog Thursday. We're looking for three of them simply to cover. I'm going to go to the Rose Bowl. You went went Coliseum on Saturday. I'm going to go Rose Bowl and UCLA, Texas A&M for Sunday. And the Texas A&M Aggies, Gigum Aggies, have been a fun team at the beginning of the year. I mean, if Kevin Sumlin only had to play games, uh, Kevin, you know this, Kevin Rogers, you know this, in September and early October, he'd probably have three national championships right now, right? I mean, his, go- his team yeah, starts well, out... Well, when, th- you play, yeah. when, you, when you play Rice and uh, Texas San Antonio or whoever else you're playing, of course you would. And so he always starts like a house of fire, and they win three or four games, and they're ranked like number three or number two, and then they promptly end up being seven and five and go to a bowl game. Or worse, and, and a year ago they ended up being six and seven with a bowl game loss. Um, so uh, you know they struggled down the stretch of the season. But you go back and look at their history. I mean, a year ago they beat Josh Rosen and UCLA in a wild overtime game in College Station, a game that took over five hours to play. And uh, you know they've they've had success in other opening games. Uh, who can forget the matchup uh, for uh, Texas A&M on that opening night, what, three years ago, where they bombed Spurrier and South Carolina in 2014 and the coming out party of Kenny Hill uh, for that matchup. Uh, the, two years ago, they opened with Arizona State on a neutral site and beat them decisively 38-17. to I misspoke, actually. A&M's uh, record 8-5 and a year ago with the bowl game loss. They were 8-4 and at the end of the year, 8-5 and with the bowl game loss. But at the beginning of the season, and they're breaking in another new quarterback. I know that Kevin has been uh, waiting for the name Nick Starkle for the entire program. Nick Starkle is a te- is a is a transfer, uh, is a kid that they have been grooming for a year or more. He's now got the opportunity to step out there and play, and I, I think he's going to play great. I mean, they they have debuted a couple of different quarterbacks over the last few years, including a guy by the name of Johnny Manziel. Uh, back even before Kenny Hill. And uh, I think Texas A&M will win this game outright at the Rose Bowl. Remember, it's a UCLA team that comes off a losing season themselves at 4-8, and eight, have some defensive question marks. Texas A&M brings back fantastic receiver Christian Kirk, who's a great kick returner as well. I think A&M wins this game, Kevin Rogers, so I will gladly take the 3.5 points that's on the Vegas insider line here and take the Aggies. Yeah, they uh, they beat UCLA last year. It was a pretty wild game, like you mentioned. UCLA had a chance to tie it in overtime. And, you know, Josh Rosen's a player that uh, is going to be looked at as someone who could make an impact in the NFL one day. You know, watching that game last year in Texas A&M, I thought he made a lot of bad decisions. And there's no question he's talented. But, it, you know, it comes back to, you know, are you going to throw the ball away? Are you going to eat it? Or are you just going to try to throw it and make something happen? And I felt like he did that a couple times that A&M game last year. And UCLA was 4-8 and eight last season. He did get hurt, so you know that, that did set them back. 
uh, a little bit. But you know, it's a big game and a big season for him. It's a big season for Jim Mora that we'll see where he's at because uh, I mean the seat's getting a little hot for him mm. at UCLA. We talk about Kevin Sumlin that that's a hot seat. Same thing with Jim Mora that they have high expectations out there at UCLA, especially seeing across town what USC is doing. So yeah, I mean it's a very tough game. You know, either way, but uh, revenge in the minds of UCLA, but also, like you mentioned, Texas A&M at least. You know, they played some tough teams early on, third straight year playing Pac-12 school in the opener, and so far they're 2-0, and so we'll see if they make it 3-0. Just to the point again about their early success before we move on, Texas A&M last year started the season at 6-0, and still finished 8-5. and Two years ago, started the season at five and zero, and still managed to end at eight and five. And uh, the year before that, also five and zero, and still lost five games. Six and zero, five and zero, five and zero, still found a way to lose five games at the end. I'm not saying they're going to be great for the whole year, or or even at the end of the year, but I think they can be good enough. Uh, the Aggies, Giga Aggies at the Rose Bowl again. That is a Sunday night game. So I'll take them on Three Dog Thursday. So that's two for me. That means we go back to Kevin Rogers here as part of college football's first humongous weekend, Labor Day weekend. Where do you want to go for a final underdog for you, sir? I'll go with an SEC team, but going against them, going against Vanderbilt, playing Middle Tennessee State on Saturday night. A couple of Tennessee schools hooking up. And last two years, Vanderbilt has won this series. They ended up beating Middle Tennessee State in Nashville last season. And a couple things on Vandy here that you don't normally see as a road favorite. So that's one thing that kind of waves a flag to me, a red flag to me, saying that, you know, are, do we really want to back them? Vanderbilt under Derek Mason, 3-13 and on the road. They've also lost five straight openers. They lost last year in the opener to South Carolina laying points. Uh, granted, that was at home. They were early in South Carolina, came back and beat them. But – for Middle Tennessee State, Rick Stockstill, uh, his son, uh, who's a quarterback there, that he uh, put up good numbers last year. They're going to score a lot of points, Middle Tennessee State. They may not be great defensively, but I just don't like Vanderbilt offensively. That they, I don't know if they could keep up and, and score, even though they did score a lot against, against Middle Tennessee State last year. But now you're going on the road. Primetime game, I think that the fans will be pretty jacked up for it. And, you know, for Middle Tennessee State, you know, start off the year with a win over an SEC team will be a pretty good start for them. So I'll take the points there at Middle Tennessee State. So another, I mentioned in the tease, another conference USA selection, the Blue Raiders, Kevin Rogers. And that's a rivalry. Murfreesboro, only about 45 minutes from Nashville uh, for this matchup. And Middle Tennessee's uh, football program is good. How about the basketball program has won an NCAA tournament game the last couple of years. So Middle Tennessee kind of on the map in Conference USA, and you're going with them right off the bat on Three Dog Thursday. So that takes us to the the mega game. And again, there are other big games, as Kevin alluded to uh, earlier. We've already talked a little Texas A&M and UCLA. We haven't, we haven't talked the Sunday game, West Virginia-Virginia Tech, that will kind of be intriguing. We mentioned Florida playing Michigan. Uh, the LSU-Brigham Young game displaced from Houston because of Hurricane, now Tropical Storm Harvey. That game's now being played home away from home home game in New Orleans for the Bayou Bengals in that one. But the one that I think most everybody has their eyes on, Alabama and those Florida State Seminoles. And we should make mention for the first time this year, Kevin is a, uh, a knoll. You try not to let that get in the way of your objectivity when, when breaking down Florida State and electing to take them or not take them on Three Dog Thursday. 
I, I take it now, so you've emptied the clip. You're not going to go with Florida State as the underdog in this game. What? Give me a thing or two that you think this game comes down to, Florida State and Alabama, on Saturday night in Atlanta. Well, Dalvin Cook isn't suiting up last time I checked, so that's one thing. That's <laughs> well, he is, he is, but he's in Viking purple on Sundays now, but I know your point. Go ahead. And also, I mean, for as much as DeAndre Francois performed very well last year for Florida State in, in his freshman year, that the offensive line almost got him killed. And now you're facing Alabama, who just reloads every single season. Jalen Hurts is back at quarterback, Scarborough the running back, that Alabama, you better believe with that tricky Nick that after losing their last game they played against Clemson, that he'll have them ready. It's also Saban's protege, Jimbo Fisher, first time that they're hooking up, you know, as head coach versus assistant coach or coordinator, whatever you want to call it. Now the first time that they're meeting up, it's the brand new stadium in Atlanta that the Falcons play at, no more Georgia Dome. So it should be a good show, but I just think that a lot of people are really wanting to ride Florida State. I want to see them win, but at the same time, this is still Alabama, and with the circumstances that, you know, for the Crimson Tide, that they they got a bad taste in their mouth from last year's national championship, and uh, the head coach of Alabama I don't think is going to just let that sit and simmer. That's the senior handicapper and writer from VegasInsider.com, Kevin Rogers, TJ Reeves with you. To your point, I'm, I'm going to help you make your case. Are you ready for the scores? 52 to 6, 35 to 17, 33 23. That one was actually a 10 point game. 35 to 10 and 41 to 14. You know what those scores are. You have a clue? Those are the openers for Alabama. Those are the openers for Alabama. And in every one of them except for one, they beat the opponent by at least 18 points. And those teams, by the way, would be USC, Wisconsin, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Michigan. Not exactly sisters of the poor, schools for the deaf and blind. I mean, they're beating powerhouse programs badly in the opening game, which tells you when Nick Saban has multiple weeks or a month or the offseason to prepare for you, look out. Now, that being said, Kevin Rogers, I have one holdout underdog, and it is going to be your Florida State Seminoles for this matchup and for two reasons that I think Florida State will be able to hang in. One, you mentioned Francois. He is a playmaker. He is a mobile quarterback, as Deshaun Watson proved, as other mobile quarterbacks have proven, whether it be Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel, whomever, uh, against Nick Saban's defenses, they tend to give them uh, problems, give them fits, and they've lost some defensive players that they've got to replace. Uh, once again, the likes of Reuben Foster and others off of that defense from last year. I think Francois' mobility is an issue, and I think Florida State is better on defense. I know Alabama's going to try to run it with both Scarborough. Will they play both both quarterbacks? Jalen Hurts, the kid that played last year, or the new freshman uh, Tagliavoa, I believe is how you say it. Uh, Tua Tagliavoa from Hawaii. Will they play him some at quarterback for Alabama? Uh, you might see both quarterbacks in this game. But Florida State's got Derwin James, one of the best defensive players in college football, apparently back fully healthy in the secondary I just I think Florida State pulls the upset here. I believe they're getting on the Vegas Insider line four for this game at the time that we're talking. Give me no, the seven. No- oh, it's seven. It, it, it's seven. Even yeah. better. All right. So thank you for the correction. That's why you do what you do. Uh, I, I I take I take Florida State to win this game. I think they will find a way. Uh, to win this game, it may come down to a last-second touchdown or a last-second field goal. I know that Ricky Aguayo, the, the younger brother of Roberto Aguayo, would be slated to try to make that kick. His older brother has struggled. 
I, I uh, something says to me the season begins with a loss for the first time for Nick Saban in a in a long time. Um, I think Florida State finds a way to win. I I think it'll be a very well played game. They're they're very well coached teams. It would shock me, Kevin. I think you would agree. If this is a sloppy game, it would shock me if there's lots of turnovers, lots of penalties. I think they're both well-coached. I think it'll be a well-played game on Saturday night. It should be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, it's definitely going to be a fun game. There's no question about it. And, you know, again, it, it, we have this thing where it's, you know, Saban, Belichick, they're not going to lose. It's not going to happen. You know, they're, they're coming off of a loss or, or whatever the case may be. But, you know, for Florida State, that they, if they lose this game, that they still – have other games that they can capitalize on later in the season. And for Alabama, it's the same thing. That Alabama can lose and still run the table, and you know they'll be in the college football playoff if that's the case. But, you know, there's no – I don't want to say there's no pressure because you have that option. If you lose, you still can run the table. But if you win, you're in really good shape. So, you know, hopefully it is a really good game. And uh, I'd like to see Florida State win, but uh, for what I do, I can't be worried about that. All right, and you're taking Alabama, and and look, Alabama a year ago. Let's not forget the game with USC was only like a six nothing game. It was close through the whole first half, and Alabama still scored 52 points on them and rolled them. So we'll see if the Florida State defense has truly recovered from a couple of scaldings last year, including Louisville. Uh, putting a, a 63 spot on them in the game at Louisville early in last season in September. But I, I think the Knowles will be better. I think this will be a wild game. It'll be a great way to kick off the college football season. So uh, once more, it is Three Dog Thursday, and the underdogs for Kevin Rogers are the Charlotte 49ers, getting 14 points against Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan in the game at USC at the Coliseum, getting 27 points, and Middle Tennessee with the three and a half. For the Blue Raiders against Vanderbilt out of the SEC, I will go with Arkansas State getting 16.5 against Nebraska. I will also go with Texas A&M to win the game outright Sunday night at the Rose Bowl with UCLA. That is uh, Texas A&M, I believe, getting four. And as you mentioned, correcting me, Florida State getting seven on the Vegas Insider line. I'll take the Knowles to win the game outright. Alabama's got to lose an Oprah sooner or later. I think this Florida State team finds a way. Jimbo Fisher, ton of experience. The national championship caliber coach. Uh, had this team in the college football playoff a couple of years ago. Has, has some players back from uh, those teams that have had some success. Has some leadership. Give me the Seminoles in that, uh, in that big matchup. And so, Kevin Rogers, we come now to the point in time where you tell us more about the information that fans have been hearing about on Three Dog Thursday with you talking college football about everything that you have at VegasInsider.com. The first weekend of college football, the first big weekend of college football, we had four games last week, but the first really big weekend is this weekend. A lot going on, a lot to handicap, a lot to catch up on. We have our previews already for Thursday, for Friday, for uh, our Big Ten report, which is released every single week, and Florida State, Alabama, that preview is going to be up soon as well for Saturday night to get even more information on that game, and then obviously when the NFL regular season begins, we'll have all the coverage of that, all the latest odds, scores, everything, and picks. You can find them at VegasInsider.com. All right, go check them out. Follow Kevin on Twitter, by the way. First of many times we'll say this this season, at V.I. Rogers. You can follow the Vegas Insider Twitter handle. Kevin, give them that handle again where they can find out more. 
Twit VI is the Vegas Insider handle. I'm VI Rogers. There you go. So on both of those, get all the great information. You can follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. Find out more about it not only at Three Dog Thursday dot com but also at vegasinsider.com slash radio we're here every thursday next week we will have nfl football to combine with college uh it's it's a situation where uh kevin and i may mix and match between the two or may stay exclusively with college or nfl football but it'll be great to have the nfl regular season to go over starting next week including that thursday night a banner-raising ceremony for the New England Patriots on Thursday Night Football against the Chiefs. We'll talk about all of that next Thursday. Kevin, enjoy the college football games. Uh, again, happy Labor Day weekend and lots of college football. It's great to be back with you on Three Dog Thursday show, uh, this show, sir. Absolutely, and I look forward to the weekend. We do look forward to the weekend. There goes Kevin Rogers, VegasInsider.com. I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with us. Again, check out this show. Rate this show via iTunes and Stitcher. Tell your friends. Share it out. It is Three Dog Thursday. Enjoy the games. This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. People that want to see Colin play in the league again because they're a fan of what he did and his social activity, well, that's different. We're talking football. Football people are concerned about putting the best football team together. And while you look and you may say, well, he's better than this backup guy who I never heard of, uh, who is, uh, well, you never heard of him. But remember that as a backup quarterback in the league, Colin is in a very big disadvantage because teams are not in a position. It's tough enough to build and develop one offense in the NFL. You're not going to be able to develop two. So you're going to have to change your offense for a backup quarterback, and, and you can't do that. That that makes no sense, and it's completely misunderstood by the fans and the media who really don't know football. Uh, you can't just have an offense – that you run in certain blocking schemes and route concepts, and then your quarterback injured, your backup quarterback is Colin Kaepernick, and he's got to run and freelance and do something different. You don't have time to develop to. So you have to have a quarterback who can run the same offense as your starter. So that eliminates most teams in the league from a football standpoint for Colin Kaepernick. I think that Seattle's offense I think Carolina's offense were two offenses where I think he would have been a really good fit as a backup quarterback. It's pretty clear to me that the reason they don't want him has to do with off the field distractions. Do they want to deal with a quarterback that you're going to have a lot of media distractions about what he's going to do, what he did do, what he's going to do in the future? Uh, and people don't want that type of distraction for a backup quarterback. It's the same reason why people didn't want to fool with Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow's case, Tim Tebow was not as good a quarterback as Colin Kaepernick. But he still fit the distraction mode that now Colin Kaepernick occupies. So it's not a good fit for the locker room in most cases. Now, let's get to the issue of the political and social element that certain owners are turned off by. And some owners that, quite frankly, there's some that don't care, that just want to win. But they are getting affected and, quite frankly, are getting 
more effective than I ever thought by hearing it from their sponsors that say, we don't want this guy. As a fan, as a sponsor, we don't want this guy representing our city and our team. And I think it's having an effect. I think it's having an effect, certainly had an effect in Baltimore, who I think would have been willing with John Harbaugh, the brother of Jim, to bring in Colin Kaepernick as a football a football staff. Ozzie Newsom, John Harbaugh, would have been willing to bring him in in absence of Joe Flacco. And the owner, I can tell you, Steve Bashotti, was on board with bringing him in until he started to hear from some of his sponsors. And, and then from an owner's standpoint, he's got to decide, we're going to bring this guy in as a backup until Joe Flacco gets back, and we're going to upset the apple cart of our fan base and, more importantly, our sponsors that are putting a lot of money, and we're going to alienate them for a short term. And, and for a guy that not everybody's convinced is all that as a football player, that's where the problem is. So – For people who say, and you hear them say, it's all political and there's nothing about football, those people don't know what they're talking about, okay? Because there is a football element to this that doesn't fit for a lot of teams, as I've explained. The people that say it has nothing to do with the political stuff and it's all football, that's not correct either. Because as I've said, I think there are a couple of places where he would have been a good fit. But politically or socially or from a management standpoint, sponsorship, not a good fit. So keep that in mind. It's never as simple. Uh, It's uh, not usually as black and white as people think. It's a lot of gray area, but I hope that gives uh, uh, an idea. Chris Landry brings you Landry Football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, RadioInfluence.com.